hello and welcome to Joe Talks Comics. I'm your host, Joe Loves Comics, and this is the podcast where I talk with friends about the comics I've been really enjoying lately, plus occasional solo episodes and creative interviews. This week, I'm talking about the fantastic Spider-Man life story with Clarky Family from the League of Comic Geeks. And so, yeah, we, we connected on there. I, I put out a list of comics that I wanted to cover on the podcast at some point and many people reached out and replied which I was very appreciative for including Clark Family who gave me a few series that we could talk about so this is the first one and will hopefully be quite a few episodes covering various uh, a few different comics so yeah I'm just I'm recording this intro right after recording the main discussion and I, I enjoyed the conversation we had here in terms of how extensive it was it feels like we covered pretty much everything we want to cover and that we didn't miss anything out from the the villains the heroes the the pacing the the different aspects of it and how it's utilized how the mechanics are uh, utilized how the, the stakes are there the emotional aspects of the story and sort of towards the end we talk a bit more about the use of life story as a concept in general what other characters we I want to see in this format and just some ruminations on Spider-Man in general uh, sort of near the beginning and then towards the end so it was a really great discussion I'm really pleased with it and I really enjoyed having it and I hope you enjoy listening to it one point I will say though before I start is that we do cover the spoilers for the series here so if you haven't read Life Story and you don't want to be spoiled then again it's one of those things where i don't necessarily want you to turn off the podcast but if you don't want to be spoiled just wanting you that we do spoil it here so i mean i would say when we would say it's absolutely worth reading spider-man life story anyway but maybe if you haven't wouldn't be a bad idea just to go check it out and then come back and listen to this episode and then you can probably appreciate and not be spoiled obviously if you don't care about spoilers and you haven't read it then just go ahead and hope you enjoy either way so yeah i don't think there's anything else i want to say in this intro so uh yeah enjoy the discussion i'll see you on the other side so clarky family it's great to have you here i know we organized this uh, a week or two ago so it's glad to finally be recording and yeah just excited for this conversation yeah 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 yeah. i mean i mean i'm absolutely glad to be here so yeah. yeah, so, yeah, how are you? Before uh, we start? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Yeah, yeah. How are you? Good, good, good. All, all of that out of the way. So, um, before we get into Spider-Man Life Story properly, do you want yeah. to just maybe say a bit about how you got into comics in the first place? That'd be an interesting Ooh. place to start as a foundation. No, it's wow. a very grand question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of like ever since I was pretty much like a child, I started off by watching Christopher Reeve's Superman films when I was like a toddler. And then that was kind of a big, a big kind of roll down the hill of just me watching, watching more comic, just me watching more comic book related stuff. And then, uh, very early on, my parents bought me a comic. It, I believe it was, I think it was, uh, Superman one. I think it was... JM James Straczynski, one of his Superman comics, and that was the start of me collecting comics. And I've just been doing that ever since, to be honest. Now that's kind of how how I've gotten into comics. It's just mainly through the movies and media, and just now I'm back to collecting comics. Nice, yeah. 
<laughs> it's always fun when uh, you hear people talk about like certain comics in particular. Like it was one comic that got them in, and then they just carried on from there. And yeah, yeah, as you say, especially these days of all the different uh, media out there from the films. Oh, yeah, and there's a lot now. All of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I guess, I suppose, in a similar sort of way, what uh, what was your first sort of exposure to Spider-Man? It might be a tough question to think about, but as another that like fair enough. foundational. Um, I'm trying to recall now because it it has been a while, but I think my first like proper introduction to him was watching Spider-Man One by Sam Raimi. Ah, uh, nice. Because because I remember when I was a toddler again um, I, th- I think it was my birthday or something and for a gift I was given the VHS of, I was given the VHS of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and that was I think my first solid introduction to Spider-Man and all of his characters, the whole cast, the villains like that was the big introduction to me and from then on I think I would like to consider myself a a pretty a pretty a pretty good Spider-Man fan. Nice, yeah. There's a lot to there's there's been a lot of great Spider-Man content over the past sort of yeah twenty years right. now. Spider-Man fans haven't been well. I, okay, I, I I I say that I know I know to not to get on too much of a tangent immediately, but mm-hmm. I know some people might um dispute that comics wise, considering the mixed reception to the current runs, but. In general, <laughs> yeah. in, in speaking of very broadly and generally with the quantity of content, with mm-hmm. even just like the films or or like the animated TV shows or the yeah. uh, various various many comics surrounding yeah. him and the, the Spider People, there's at least there's, a, there's not necessarily a um, there's there's a lot to choose from. Oh yeah, there's a there's a very wide variety especially for, especially like like a couple of years ago before before there was a lot of spider-man film media like there was still the tv shows like mm. um what was it disney xd's ultimate spider-man yes the, yeah which hot take i actually i actually like that show like i i don't get the general hate behind it but it is what it is but i uh, that was that was one that really really stuck out to me just just trying to remember all the different media of Spider-Man. Yeah, that's one I'm excited to revisit on Disney Plus one day because yeah. that, was, that that was something that I caught when I was younger in 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 terms of watching things on Disney XD when I was when I was sort of younger mm. when catching things like Phineas and Ferb which, <laughs> which at the, at, the, at the time of recording was announced, that's coming back for more episodes. So that's another cool Is thing. On the side. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and so. Uh, I, yeah. So, so I remember seeing like snippets here and there of Ultimate mm. Spider Man, but it was yeah. sort of while I was into comic books or even superheroes in general, really. So it was a bit like. Mm. Because I was. I mean, even if you're not into comics or superheroes, you. I, I'd wager that most people at least know about Spider-Man, and it's kind of oh, hard not to these days. Yeah. yeah. So, so of course I knew about him as a character, but I remember watching it. I was like, oh, well, that's neat, and then didn't think too much of it. But so I'd be really interested to revisit it now, days, especially yeah. after the amount of years I've been 
reading and enjoying all these characters, not just, oh, not just him. Yeah. It does seem like a fun thing to do once you have the knowledge to then actually jump back and be like, oh, right, so this is wrong. That's right, but that's definitely <laughs> wrong. Yes, true. Yeah, because I remember a lot of people used to used to talk bad about the show's uh, representation of Luke Cage. I think it was White Tiger and Nova. Like White Tiger and Nova were the main two that I remember people saying that 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 the show did very poorly. But I had no idea who they were <laughs> when I watched this. So I was like, I I don't know who they are. I'm I'm just gonna watch this and enjoy it. But I think if I'm to look back on it now, I will I will most likely find some glaring glaring issues. Yeah, for some reason at the time, I something about the combination of those characters, even at the time, I I thought felt a bit odd to me. I I don't know why or how I picked up on it because I didn't. Again, I imagine a bit like you. Know, I didn't really know anything about them, but yeah. I was like these these other people seem cool, but I'm not sure if I don't know if it's just because of the way of presenting Spider-Man with those characters or whether if he'd been on his own or if it was more just because it was more having those extra characters in there in the wider universe and I, I don't know I, yeah. I have no idea what it was like I can't remember at all I know. yeah it was it, it was wild to say the least <laughs> yeah I suppose because they also had the ultimate like Nick Fury with Sam, the Samuel Jackson yeah. design and yeah because it was like it had the name Ultimate Spider-Man, but had little to no affiliation with the comic Ultimate Spider-Man, mm. which was just, which was so weird. But again, it seems fine. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, as long as it's fun to watch, fun and entertaining to watch, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so finally circling around to Spider-Man Life Story. Yeah. It was so it was a series that. Yeah, yeah. So it came out in twenty nineteen. I don't know what your exposure is to, what what your initial exposure was, ex, uh, what your initial exposure was to the series and to, I mean, I mean Mark Bagley's a, a legend, but like just oh, right. in general. Yeah, because the like how I was exposed to this series was because I I used to follow this YouTube account. I still do. Um, and and they covered kind of kind of comic stories. And I and I used to watch them for years, and they posted one of they posted one of Life Story, so I watched hmm. it. And I oh, I I loved it. It was such a good one that I really wanted to try to get the book itself. And it wasn't until near the end of last year, actually, I managed to actually um I actually managed to buy one of these at 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 uh at a comic book store close to me. So I managed to get that, and it like reading it. Even though I even though I know what's gonna happen, it's still really good. Like I don't know whether it's just it's just the writing being great or or, or the art being so so good because like because like, again it's Mark Bagley like at his best here. Like I I think I think Mark Bagley did so good and probably probably outdid himself actually here. So I hold this very highly for me. This is one of my all time favorite. Which is one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man stories for me, just straight out. Yeah, and I think there's an interesting point that I remember having brought up around this series in regards to Mark Bagley's art, where it does such an, a great job in it in such an interesting way to me of capturing all six different eras that the yeah t- takes place in because it never feels out of place. 
Yeah, yeah any like, of them, it just it fits yeah. so well. It's that timeless quality. Mm-hmm. It always manages to fit the time that it's set in. So, like, it's so, like the sixties will always have that kind of sixties vibe. Seventies is always like the seventies kind of disco and all the rest of it. Like, it it works so well. Yeah, and I think, and also, I thought was interesting is that yeah. So, and I remember seeing an interesting thing in, in like the credits page of the the, the deluxe edition where I, I read it, where it says that. The, the it seems like the inker alternates on like each issue where like I- issue one has John Dale inking and then issue two uh-huh. has Andrew Hennessy inking and then mm. it's like John Dale's do th- three and five and mm. yeah see and, and, and Andrew did say like four and two and, and, and again I don't know if that means um too much but I just thought that was a, an interesting it could just be that like a practical and there's, it doesn't actually mean anything, but I just yeah. thought that was something interesting to consider. It's nice, yeah. It is, yeah. It is a good observation, yeah. Yeah, and and, and then of course the the, the colours by Frank Diamata. Just uh, by the way, looking on you give comic geeks all these credits, which I I, I always mm. mention on almost every episode, but yeah. where yeah, it, it has that. I almost want to say like rich colouring to it because. Yeah, it feels like vibrant, but in that classic retro way. Sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, no, it's fine. It's just, it's just that like the quality is always so so consistent for mm, me. Yeah. Like I always find the coloring, the inking, and everything. Like it, like it doesn't matter. Like like if I'm to open to if I'm to open to just to just any random page, it's still gonna look great. Like yeah. Like, I'm never gonna find any any issue with this because like there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Yeah. So, one of the well, the main premise of of the series is that it takes place in real time. With if you didn't already, each series, uh, or each issue, I mean, covering uh, an individual decade, so like the sixties, seventies, eighties, all the way up to the twenty uh, tens, plus yep. the six issues. So that that is a a really fascinating way to tell the story. What were your sort of initial thoughts? on that concept when you're reading this when i heard when i heard the idea i was kind of i was interested but also kind of skeptical because like for because like for one we get to see peter parker age up which is mm. something i don't think we rarely ever get to see nowadays because because he was married he's not he's back to being a student quote unquote now he's a what is he now working with us oscorp yeah something like that yeah i don't yeah i stopped reading the latest one but um <laughs> But with this, I was skeptical because it's like it's nice to see him age up, but what are they gonna do when he's old? That was my big question. Is like, it's like we know how he is young, and we know how he is kind of kind of middle aged. But when we get to like the last two, he's he's fairly old, and I, and I was kind of wondering like what's gonna happen to him, like what's gonna happen to his powers, like like will there be any effect on it? But I mean, it was it was answered well in this. To be honest, I thought that it was actually great because, like, you do see that, like, you do see that there is a definite, like, like age, like age thing affecting him here in, in the last issue. So, whereas, like, he's kind of getting slow. He still has his spider sense; it's still working fine. But after that, it's just like he's he's still old. He's still slow. And I like that they put that in rather than just saying he's old, but we don't care. He's like he's still going to be how he is but i like that 
they kind of just actually made him a person growing up. Yeah, exactly, because it does have that as realistic as you can be in, in mm. a story like this. Where yeah, and it, and it, and, it, and it creates an in, interesting and fun new conflict in the later issues in sort of the back half of the series when mm-hmm. that's just as much as part of the struggle as anything as having his conflict between like getting old and not being able to do things as well but still feeling like he should like he still has that responsibility and yeah because the one like the main issue that i love like besides probably the last issue because that one is my favorite but besides the last one Another one that, that, that I love, which actually pointed out the whole thing with him getting old, was the one, uh, let me see, I think it was issue three? It, but regardless, it was the one of, uh, of, when, they, of when they implemented Craven's Last Hunt. Mm-hmm. And, and it's him and he's in the grave. And obviously in the main story, he's thinking of Mary Jane, he punches himself out. Very, very, very great scene. But in this one, like he still thinks of Mary Jane but he goes and says, I'm too old, I'm too weak, I can't do this. Like, I like how they managed to change it because of his age. Like, because of his age, there there are there are still impacts. Yeah, like, it's not... There, there are maybe some things when... I know some people sort of questions that it does... It, it, it does start, start to feel funny and, and ridiculous, but in a good way, personally, when, mm-hmm. like, you have into the... 2000s with the life story version of Civil War, but everyone's like so so old, and it, it is yeah. really fun. It's like as you say, seeing how the story is developed and changed to mm-hmm. fit that yeah. like context, rather than just I guess rather than just being like a cosmetic aging, it, like it, it does actually factor into the story and it like works as as like an interesting story mechanic there. Yeah, it's great. Because uh, like there's always like. Another thing was that it's nice to see the other characters age as well, because like obviously Peter is 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 the main character of the whole story, but it's like time time moves for everyone else as well. Like nobody is exactly exempt to this. Like everyone is going to be aging here. Like again, uh, I think it was issue five, issue four to five. It's that it's that like Peter goes to see Norman Osborn, and in there he's so old and frail, like he like that was that was something for me was like was like that for me was a big thing like wow everyone is actually like properly aging and norman for me was the best example to prove that yeah and and because also in that sense because it's an alternate continuity and and because it's just like that southwell tale like i I just said there there Mm. are consequences that are allowed to be had and are allowed to be yeah sort of worked into the story beyond just like the simple aging in terms of like if you're moving the timeline forward and you don't need to, to retain that status quo then you mm. can make those like changes and actually like send pe- people like Norman yeah. to to prison and say like the f- like first issues and mm. yeah what did you think of the pacing overall between the issues and uh, as a whole piece because I know that's that that's something that comes up quite often um, in, re- in regards to discourse on the series. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I would say that I actually like the pacing. Like, like issue one to issue two felt felt like it's just you're closing off on this kind of chapter of his life, and then and then and then it just opens up onto the next one. Like putting it in. We're kind of filling in the gaps between them 
I thought was good. The pacing for me was fine. Like I didn't, I didn't see any problems with it. But I mean, I liked it. I, I, I just, I just thought it was pretty, pretty well done. Yeah, and when I posted my like review on on my Instagram, mm-hmm. someone commented saying saying that I got whiplash, but I loved it. And that's pretty much where I stand on that as a series because mm-hmm. it is very fast paced and. There is a lot of elements of homaged and included and um, like used yeah, here to, to create the story. Sense. It does get wild at times, so mm. it, it does have a bit of a whiplash feel to it. But yeah. that, to, to me, that that feels like part of the, the joy and the fun of it and reading it. Yeah, because I think I think something that that I really liked about this was that was that like was the um, what do we call it? Zdarsky just implemented like just any popular Spider-Man story he wanted. Like, like he could, like, he just put in Quirin's last time. He put in, he put in other random ones. And the one that, the one that I was not expecting him to put the most was obviously going to be the kind of superior Spider-Man. That one caught me so off guard originally when he kind of did that homage to it where Doc Ock's taking over Miles instead. And it's like, oh, right. So he's doing it for this one. It said Peter. And I liked that kind of, that kind of nice thing where 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 Jim Sadarsky kind of just laid out a bunch of different Spider-Man stories and just kind of and just kind of selected the ones he kind of wanted to put into his story and yeah like some of them would have obviously felt kind of fast-paced or or kind of felt a little bit out of place sometimes but like it still kind of worked in the end and was still I I think that it was still an absolute delight. Yeah, because I mean you have like everything with like Miles Warren and well in the in the seventies and everything with that like Norman in the sixties and mm-hmm. the whole things with Vietnam and I, I thought it was fun how in the eighties issue they had the Secret Wars like incorporated yeah. and then how that led into everything with Venom and it was just interesting how it's weaved in terms of like the Marvel yeah, like, universe in general. Yeah, it all just kind of like. Like it all just flows together, like like it's all just one continuous thing. So so like it's so like if I was to point to the sixties, you could say like oh sixties was Norman Osborn, eighties oh eighties was oh eighties was Secret Wars and Venom. Like like it's all perfectly laid out and all feels very all feels very continuous for me. I think thinking about articulating it, that's mm-hmm. one of my um, things that I I really enjoy about the series. And something I don't know if I touched on it, especially in my review. Yeah, I don't know. But the the idea of like the Marvel universe that is evolving at the same time, in uh, like at the same pace through that changing timeline. But we're we're just focusing on Peter and Spider Man at like, the heart of it, and that feels like such a great and fascinating way to like anchor it. Yeah. In terms of like I said, with the everything going on with like Secret Wars and the 80s issue and how that's incorporated and then Civil War and the 2000s issue and that, that, like it's, it's not just a story about Spider-Man and I know again lots of people thought that it was maybe a bit messy or a bit all over the place but that feels like part of the again part of the joy for me in demonstrating yeah. how much mm-hmm. of a heart Absolutely. of the universe he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah because like because because again again like you said, I love that 
I love that it's centered around Peter because like Peter's always meant to be kind of the more quote the more quote unquote relatable character for Marvel. So it so it was nice to see this this guy just go from his teenage years to to adulthood whilst the world just changes around him and you get to actually see how he lives now after this happens and this happens and this happens and actual real world events happen as well and see how and see how this person would actually affect it because i had also checked out the 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 fantastic four life story as well and that one i didn't think was was that well because again it was centered around the fantastic four which was nice but it just felt a bit too big whilst 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 peter's kind of center felt nice and a lot a lot better for me like i don't know I don't know how to describe it, but it's just that I I found it a lot better. The I haven't read the Fantastic Four life story one, but it isn't just right. always hearing the comparisons between them. But I think maybe it speaks to what I was trying to say earlier when describing the art, in that it's got mm. a very cozy feel to it. I would yeah. say, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, yeah, it does feel very like warm and comforting, and I, I mean even just the the covers alone, the sort of like monochrome. Uh, themes that Zazarski, because like he drew the covers in case anyone didn't already know. That, I know that. Is... Oh right, yeah, really yeah, yeah. Because he, he has done a lot of um, artwork, but th- these days yeah. he, he is primarily known as a as a writer. Yeah, because um, I've checked out his Daredevil stuff as well, and some of the little back issue parts on it has little things that he's drawn himself. So that's probably the only reason I know that he does some form of art, but I didn't know he actually did that for for Life Story. I like that, yeah. Do you have a favourite of the the covers? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um, I know, it's, no, I mean, it's hard I, to... I think my two favourites are, are probably three and six, because three mm. is the homage to Kramer's Last Hunt, and I don't think I've made a review on that yet, but like, still, I love that story to my heart's content. It is one of my favorite Spider-Man stories of all time. And six, I really love the cover because it's one that's like, this is the last one. And the cover kind of really, really resonates that where it's like, you just get that feeling of just the end. Like, I don't know about you, but that's but that's just my kind of feel for this. Yeah, I can see what you mean. It's got a very dark feel yeah. to it in terms of... And it is interesting and nice how the, the white and the red stands out against that darkness yeah yeah the contrast in it is very well done i think my if i had to pick a favorite mine would probably mm. be issue four yeah that one's nice actually i because like it's so consistent red but still spider-man just stands out looking at the reflection and and also i guess with the with, with the reflection it that, that probably plays quite well into the story with the clone saga so it's a work so oh yeah it's like oh, oh. yeah yeah, like you yeah, might not even notice true. at first, but mm-hmm. it's a nice touch to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that one's actually really, really nice. Yeah, the other ones are great as well. To be fair. Yeah, like, they're all really I great. Like yeah, because like one's good because that one already shows the mm-hmm. helicopters for war and stuff like that. So I was like, all oh, right, okay, so it's sixties, the war is going to be the Vietnam War and all of that. And two is always the disco seventies, got that kind of disco feel to it, which is always nice. Yeah, that they all have a very sort of distinct atmosphere mm. and aesthetic to them yeah and yeah they, they, they did end up using uh issue four 
the like the, the cover art for that and as they are for the board on like the actual like hardcover which which is cool because then that's more more like an extended version that like wraps around the oh, both yeah. covers of the oversized that's hardcover. because ah, I like, I've got the trade paperback and that one just has the just the it's not one of the it's not one of the actual issue covers, but like it's it's the one that's commonly shown if if you are to look up the Spider-Man life story, it, like most likely the first image, most likely the first image that comes up is the image that's on the trade paperback cover. Whereas I actually like that one the most because it's so it's so it's so kind of simplistic, but it's just nice. Yeah, again, it, it's just something that's I don't know. They're, they're just so fun to look at because they have yeah. that atmosphere and, and that sort of calmness about them, and it's partly due to the sort of the simplicity of Sadowski's art and also the mm-hmm. it's got a nice vibrancy to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's always so nice to see that. One thing that's one thing that I always find interesting and enjoyable about Sadowski's writing and like just in general, but also specifically within this series is that balance between the lighthearted moments and the more comedic yeah. moments. And I, yeah. I, I, I think that's something that's prominent in Life Story with regards to Spider-Man because it, it has those very like wild and comic booky moments, but then there are some serious emotional heartfelt moments in there as well, which is always a fun balance to try and achieve. Yeah, because I think I think issue one showed that showed that very well because it's like because like you see Spider Man just stop a crime. He makes some clips. It's still funny, and when he goes to see Flash, oh yeah, to go away from the war, like like he still makes jokes at him, but but there is still that kind of underlying tone of of like he still like he still hates him, like he still hates. Flash Thompson and I I absolutely love the dialogue between I absolutely love the dialogue between the two of them when Peter asks him like 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 why about like why is he going there and then Flash goes and says about her like it's something it's something Spider-Man would do he's my hero like it's actually answering Peter's thoughts like if someone was to read Peter's thoughts as always actually saying it someone is actually answering that question about about like what am I doing here? Should I go? And Flash was like, like I'm going because Spider-Man would do it. So if you really want to, like, you don't have to go. I, I just love that. Yeah, and it, it is interesting because I, I always feel like it's tragic. Isn't maybe the right word, but there, there is a sense of tragedy to it in how Peter finds it like awkward, and and there's also like, somewhat of an effort to eat sense of levity in that where it's like oh it's what spider-man would do and peter's like oh oh interesting yeah. oh no because of course yeah. that's something that he's had conflicts about as spider-man so as you mm. say to have flash as a character be so like wholeheartedly about it knowing that spider-man would do the right thing and yeah cause it does really make peter question himself and his sort of presence within the wider world and i think again I, I keep using the word interesting but that is something that's interesting about that first issue of life story and how it contextualizes peter not not necessarily well i mean yes within within the marvel universe but in the in the context of the vietnam war at the time when it, mm. it, it's of another thing another an early on aspect of making use of the 
aging timeline where it, it is allowed and it is able to make such a, like a concrete um like historical reference like that yeah yeah because like it it's nice to see the kind of references of actual of actual times like the actual real events that happened at that time like it's because it always makes it feel a lot more grounded because like because that way there's always like like obvious like it's very clear the story is fictional like absolutely <laughs> but um but i do like that there is always that sense of realism because this thing actually happened in this world which also happened in our world at this time and because of that match there's always that sense of realism when you're actually reading it even though it is just a spider-man comic yeah and i suppose that leads back into my earlier point about Mm. the use of secret wars in the 80s issue and in in terms of real world defense where i I think it was something like it was so during the incorporating the cold war into it and the whole thing about how the superheroes were just gone all the american superheroes were gone so in the the story that like some like Russian superheroes took advantage of that and like made this like serious attack on um it's like some part of America and how that like, the vision was involved and yeah again it just sort of it, it just adds to those making those like solid rather than just uh having those sort of vague references because of the floating timeline it's sort of mm. fascinating how it has those like yeah physical, references like like as, as, as the series goes on and not just in the first issue mm. yeah it's always fascinating for me i always loved that and again with that going back to the the pacing i, I know some people felt like that was that was something that they w- would have liked to see more of or that was something that they thought was rushed and i think mm. that it all adds to the the charm of the of the series for me like, like it's not like it's it's not supposed to be some sort of it's not supposed to be exhaustive or comprehensive, but just yeah. a very like fun like whistle stop tour of like Spider Man's history through including all the different like storylines and like classic yeah. um stories that it includes as like lots of like fun tributes. But while there are so many like emotional and heartfelt scenes, as I've mentioned, it's not supposed to be taken too seriously because of that yeah because i think the story itself like always shows like why like it perfectly shows like why everybody loves spider-man for me like Mm. like because 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 there's because there's a bit of a review at the back of the comic i have and it says that it like it says that it is a series a series that no spider-man fan should miss out on reading and I could not agree more because it's like, it's like it's always like this. This comic shows what Spider Man is, and like it shows that it shows that down to just his base character, he's he's just a guy trying to do the right thing. And I think I think that Chip Zdarsky nailed that with this series because again, at the very end of issue six, like he references the nightmare he had, and then and then he goes and says it's different. It's a good dream because it's him always trying to like it. It feels like a nice close to Spears' character and everything. Like I don't know, I I I just love this story absolutely too much. Yeah, I mean, like you say, that's such a constant theme and yeah, and message and motif 
throughout mm. all six issues and just sort of Spider-Man comics in general where he is always trying to do the right thing, whether that's in issue one, again, as we talked about with Vietnam or with, yeah. with things like in the 80s and 90s when he's aging and in the uh, 2000, mainly in, in the 2000s issue, in issue five, when he, he feels like he should just keep on going, but yeah. he, he is just getting too way too old and like what happens when he tries to take that retirement, take that break, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Cause... how it developed. I mean, you mentioned like the like the use of the dreams in yeah issue six and how that sort of culminates into the ending. And it, again, it, like no matter, it, it, it almost I I think what we're thinking is that the because he's allowed to age, and because I suppose this all touches on my point earlier about the the conflict of him aging it like it accentuates that emphasizes ha- how he wants to do all the right thing because he physically can't as the story goes on yeah because it's like it's like he he so wants to put himself out there to always try to fix everything but then again with this story he ages so 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 there's always going to be that limitation of time yeah <laughs> So we sort of touched on it here and there throughout, but what did you think of the way that, talking more specifically, the, the villains were included in the story? Because there's sort of a, a few here, and it, it's all, again, interesting, the word of the episode. Yeah, um, I'm going to try and flip through this to try to just kind of follow it in order, because like for me, I I found I found Green Goblin's kind of arc to be kind of nice about how, like, about, like, it's already clarified, he's Green Goblin, he gets beaten, he goes to jail, and he still has that kind of revenge feel for him. I think, yeah, I think Green Goblin was the best one there. Like, he was the best written villain there, but I think it, I think it's more because he was the one that was kind of, like, Mm-mm. shown the most, if you get what I mean, because, like, like, I think he's the one that shows up the most throughout the, all six issues in terms of the villains, because, like, he shows up in one, I think he shows up in two. Uh, He definitely shows up in jail talking to Harry. I know that. But then, because oh, yeah. um, that bit, because that was good, because you still see about how absolutely upset he is and how, and about like his absolute hatred towards Spider-Man is still there. Like even, like even though, even though he's been in jail for a long time, he still hates Spider-Man like that, and I find that crazy. And then, and then comes the whole clone saga bit that the like the lovely switch up that everybody totally loves and always wants to remember. <laughs> and I and and I like that Zdarsky just 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 skipped like like he mentioned it and skipped past it and Peter's like I know I'm me like like I don't care and Osborne actually thought he did something but really but really Peter was just so fed up with it and Osborne's end was actually was actually kind of tragic because it's like it's like he was so fueled with revenge he, like he never really cared what happened to Harry like. He still cared for him, but, 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 at the end, it was because he lost Harry that 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 he kind of passed, which I thought was actually kind of actually kind of heartbreaking because it's that he still cared for him, but but he didn't. Because I think that's that's my main thing for Osborne. Just 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 to list one of the villains mm. there. Yeah, I I think I think Osborne was extremely well done. I really really like that because then. Uh, who came next after that? I think it was, uh, it was Miles Warren after that, wasn't it? Yeah, it must have been in the yeah, uh, yeah. In issue two of the seventies. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Because uh, you have the Black Goblin, I believe his name was. Oh yeah. It was um, Harry Osborn's Goblin suit. Oh, and yeah. Like, I'm happy that didn't last long. Because, because, because I'm going to be honest, I was not a big fan of Harry Osborn being being the Green Goblin in main Spider-Man comics. I just thought it was kind of like it, not lazy, but like it just seemed kind of not great. <laughs> but um, but. I was kind of happy this one was was he shows up he does this one thing and you never see him in a goblin like suit ever again so i'm very happy about that but the one that and the one who i think everybody loves miles warren the jackal also known as one of the biggest creeps of marvel history um i think he was done good in terms of just being a creep in terms of about how about her he was told to make a clone of Peter and Harry, and then he makes a clone of Gwen and goes like, "Why?" And it's like, "Oh, I love you." Like, Ugh, stop. <laughs> like, I think that that one was done well as well. Like, like even like even the whole kind of like even the whole even the big kind of twist, even the big kind of twist where it's like Gwen, like like the Gwen Peter lived with was a clone, and the real Gwen died. That was yeah. That was horrible. <laughs> Like, that was like, like, one very, of the darker moments very, of the yeah sorry yeah the series for sure yeah because i like how i like how the page where peter holds gwen the page after that is just black. <sighs> like like it's like it wants you to focus on that and and it wants you to be like his like the love of his life just died <laughs> so it's like it is going to be horrible and yeah like like the bit the bit of Peter's wife dying was like really sad, but the bit, the bit that really got me the most was when you had was when you had the Gwen Stacy clone just being like, "That's not true." She's there just like constantly trying to make her believe that she is the real one, even though she's even though she was literally told she's just a clone of the actual person. She's not the real deal. Mm-hmm. Like that bit, I found that that bit hit me. That hit bit me, hit me really badly, and then. And then the section after that was was so sad. Like everything, like everything that kind of led after that was so sad and tragic. And and I like how I like how there was no kind of like one line joke or quip or anything. Like this was a sad moment. Like like this is how this issue is going to end. It's going to be on a low note, and there is nothing else after that. It's just going to be Peter grieving. Is how is how this is going to end. And I. And I like that because again, it shows that like it's still reality. Like like Peter, like you're is still is still a human, and he is going to grieve. And you see that perfectly done here. I'm trying to see what the next one was. I think it was was it Secret Wars after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Secret Wars, Venom, and Craven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Secret Wars thing I said earlier was was done pretty good. I thought it was alright. The Venom, I think. I think Venom was done all right. I don't. I don't think it was terrible. I don't think he was like amazing. I just think that for that issue, I I think it was nice that it was nice that Venom kind of kept to being stuck in that issue. Well, obviously not until issue six, but like mm. more or less kept to that issue, which was nice. Which was nice. I I really really liked that. And moving on to Craven, Craven was interesting because like I was never a big Craven the Hunter enjoyer until I read Craven's Last Hunt. And I like 
I still think Craven is okay, but like the, his best story will, will always be Craven's Last Hunt. But um, the way it was done here, I think it was nice. They kind of changed it to again the whole thing about time and about like like Craven's actually getting old. So so like because Craven's getting old, he he knows he knows Spider-Man's getting old. He knows Spider-Man's kind of losing his movements. And he wants to replace him for that because he thinks that that even though like even though they're both old, Craven still thinks he's better. So there is that kind of match to to Craven's last hunt, which which was nice. It was it was a nice touch to see that. And then the big moment with 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 Peter bursting out of the grave. I think that was a actually if it if my memory serves me correctly, I think it is pretty much the same angle and everything as when Peter bursts out and of the grave in Kramer's mm. Last Hunt. I, I think it is the same angle and everything. But obviously in this case, Peter is like a venomized monster, which I thought was really cool. Like mm. I I love I love the way Mark Bagley drew this and everything. Like the art plays it so well. Because like it shows like this. Like this like like this thing is a monster and is more likely going to target Craven, and it's great. And he does like like not even, not not even a page later, the the venomized Peter immediately finds Craven and is almost killing him. That mm. like I like I like that that wasn't dragged out. I like how that was just Peter came out, he finds him, and that gets dealt with. I thought that was done very well. And in Craven saying about her, he has he has embraced the monster because I like that Craven. Like Craven's whole thing was to kind of awaken Peter because like he didn't really care about actually wanting to kill him this time. He actually like like he goes ahead and says about her like oh wow oh wow you've done it you've become what you needed to. So mm. it's like Craven wanted him to kind of to kind of become stronger, become better. Which like ugh, I like that because it's like it's like Peter becomes so shocked after that because it's like Craven Craven wanted this he wanted me to snap. Like he wanted me to kind of just like break. He wanted he wanted to break my mind, and he's pretty much done that, which was great. And I and I like how the issue ends again on on a low note with MJ just leaving. Like, because again, like I think I think the way the issues end are kind of on a kind of real note per se. Like, like it's kind of a realistic thing. Like, um, let me see. I'm probably starting issue one. Like issue one ends if I remember correctly. Ooh, I can find it somewhere. Well, issue one kinda isn't much a realistic one actually. It it's more just Gwen finding out Peter's Spider-Man and you see Captain America in Vietnam. Yeah. But issue two and three ended on on a low realistic note because like you have someone grieving you have someone grieving the loss of someone like very, very close to them and and then this issue ends with with Peter alone with Aunt May, his wife left him with the kids, and it's like that that's that's horrible. But then but then we also get the but then we also get the one of of Craven with the gun. But then Venom stops him, and I like how I like how it just it just has that one page, and and that never gets answered until issue six, because I like how mm. I like how like I like how like when you read it. You're there thinking like like that's still in the back of your mind when you're reading issues four and five, mm-hmm. and yeah. and, and it's, it's not it's not until issue six that it actually gets answered, which I'm like, 
that's nice. And uh, let's see what issue four was. Issue four was okay. Doc Ock apparently, along with the yeah Doc Ock, the good old clone saga swap around. Yeah, actually, I think Doc Ock was done kind of weak ish here because like all like all he pretty much did was just kind of was just kidnap. Like all he did was kidnap Ben, kidnap Peter. And test the clone thing. Like, I think Doc Ock was only used there to kind of show Aunt May died and Peter is Ben, Ben is Peter, and just to kind of kill Harvey Osborn. I think that was kind of that was kind of all it was. I think that's all Doc Ock's purpose mainly served in that issue, which was kind of a letdown because, like, I, I personally really love Doc Ock. So it was kind of a bit meh to kind of see him just for that kind of purpose. But it was nice to have that kind of hint that Doc Ock and Aunt May still had a romance. Because they were going to get married, at least in the main comics, so they have that relationship still, which was nice. And then and then again, Osborne. I don't remember who else it was after that. Uh, Morlun? Mor- I think that's how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Morlun or, or Morlun? Just it, him, anyway. <laughs> because he gets introduced. I was actually never a fan of, of Morlun. I always thought that he was just kind of like some excuse to rewrite Peter's backstory because there's always like the spider totems and all of that. But I don't like I don't think a lot of people were fans of that when it came out. Were they? I imagine not. But... I, like, I don't think so. But I mean, that's part of just some other some other story thing. Yeah, because uh, that's part of uh, Ezekiel. I think his name was or something like that. But they're still sold. Oh, right. So issue five was the Civil War one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this one actually had like much villains per se, actually. I think it was yeah, just I mean, maybe not more than this one, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was just him. Yeah, it was to be just him, actually. And then issue six, the, a perfect issue for me, actually. And then, because that one we see the Craven Venom mix, which I, which I, I, I think that was really cool because it, it's something. It's something you never see. Like you never see Craven and Venom team up and bond together because both of them still like absolutely dislike Spider-Man, and for them to kind of both combine that hatred and fight him when he's pretty much at his weakest point was really really cool. But something I never quite understood was how was how Craven Venom managed to get onto the satellite. Like I guess it points to like I guess it points to them saying about her he was like hiding in the jet, but how did they not notice that? I don't know. It's a very good point actually. <laughs> yeah. Like 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 I'm looking at it now and and, it, and it's just like apparently apparently he hid in the ship, so they destroyed the oh, ship. Was it? Oh, was it? Out, apparently. <laughs> yeah, probably. Honestly. Yeah. And I like how when Peter beats Craven Venom Obviously, the Venom is destroyed, and Craven is just bones because Craven was old back then. Like, like Craven is dead. So I like how I like how it just shows that that like, like again, time really affected Venom and clearly affected Craven. And mm, there was the bit with with Doc Ock's thing with Miles. I forgot about that just just now. Actually, I think that was a nice thing to put. But I mm, okay. If people do complain about how about how the whole kind of Doc Ock Miles thing felt a bit kind of crammed in, I probably would agree with them because it does feel kind of out of place. Well, not not out of place, but it 
it just felt like it comes out of nowhere, really. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like they just go, oh yeah, um, Doc Ock's mouse, by the way, and and expect us to just go, okay. I mean, I did, but I mean, it, it still felt odd. I think that's one of those. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think I think that's one of those things when it sort of leads into the the, you know the DiCaprio meme like pointing at the TV, where it's like. (laughs) It yeah. doesn't. It, it doesn't necessarily feel set up within the story. Like it comes out if you didn't know about the superior Spider-Man story in, in terms of like in terms of other context from like mm-hmm. the other Spider-Man stories for this one. It. I, I mean, it, it does come out of nowhere. But I, I suppose if you are sort of you do know about that story, then you can understand like the homage and maybe appreciate it, even if it's maybe not the the best part of the book. Yeah, like, like I do think issue six is the best one, but yeah, I I do agree that 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 bit is uh is quite is quite the negative, especially when like I I don't know why they did it like this, but when but when like Miles butts heads with Peter, they both fight in the kind of mindscape thing, mm-hmm. like like the fight itself is great, but the way to get from A to B was so weird because like you never see that in any other Marvel comic or any other Marvel any other Marvel Spider-Man comic in terms of like accessing someone's mind they like like they never just butt heads and just enter there's more like some device but I guess because like I, I guess because technology is a lot more advanced you kind of right, that yeah. but but again like I think that I think that's just a personal negative point for me. But again, like the fight is great because you see you see Peter's suits throughout throughout the different times because because it shows like like this is the end. It's all of his suits. It's great. And I can't remember how did he how did he get beaten? I was like, ah, there we go. Anime. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I like that it was a fight, but but it didn't end with someone kind of kind of like like getting pummeled. It ended with just like a nice a nice sentimental moment. With Aunt May just kind of talking to Doc Ock and and being like, being like, this isn't this isn't what this isn't what I wanted you to do. Be better. And Aunt May has a nice chat with Peter, even though it's not really Aunt May. It's more the Aunt May in Peter's mind. So, yeah, kind of counts. <laughs> and then, yeah, I think I think that kind of points to the rest of the villains in there. Yeah, I mean, the ending is amazing with Peter talking to the MJ in his mind, just saying about how saying about her Mary Jane Watson. It, Saying about him, Mary Jane Watson is his jackpot. Perfect, perfect. I so good. And then ends with Peter's nightmare turning into a good dream. Yeah, but I know that was like a very very long way round to answering the kind of villain question. But it's just like I really really like the series, so I just kind of pointed out little bits that I love myself. Sorry. No, no, absolutely welcome. I think that was a great breakdown. And- yeah, sometimes when you know, you want to talk about something like that, uh, and you want to cover everything, you have to make sure it's just easier to like go through chronologically to make sure you yeah. aren't missing anything. Yeah. So there were a few points that I thought of and just made a just note down, so I didn't forget mm-hmm. them while you were talking that I would just yeah. touch on. And the first point was about how you mentioned a couple of points about the sad endings to issues. Yeah. And and that's something that I'd noticed about the series, but I hadn't properly 
like realized it or like processed it. That makes sense for me. The difference between yeah. sort of hearing something and listening to something. Where I think that is something that is striking about the series, and now I mention it, and about that balance between the like wackiness and the emotional moments. Where yeah, now I think about it, yeah. you are allowed to soak in those sad moments where. Yeah, because there are a couple of sort of like heartbreaking moments where it does get yeah. quite dark, and the dark it doesn't break it up with any sort of comedy or levity. It it, yeah. it is like genuinely serious, and mm-hmm. I think that's part of. I think the way to describe it is that it it feels like it's got an incredible amount of weight to it. Mm-hmm. The whole storyline, absolutely, yeah. Just in terms of. Yeah, like how it, how it progresses and how we are allowed to have those emotional moments. And yeah, there's so much here that that we're allowed to have that does actually give it stakes that we just don't have in the main continuity for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Because like, because I like how I like how like we actually have characters to kind of feel things. Because obviously, because obviously we do have that in normal comics. But like, I always love it when characters always have that kind of that kind of soft side to them and and when they actually show weakness to to kind of show that like because like it shows that yes they're superheroes but it's like but it's like superheroes also also like superheroes also are allowed to feel emotions like especially when it's such heartbreaking moments like that like that for me is something i just uh, i that's something that I just think is great for that series. Yeah, and again, going back to what I sort of said there at the beginning, but not even just Spider-Man or like Peter or, or also like his supporting cast and everyone involved, mm-hmm. and uh, like among the wider Marvel universe. Like when you hear when when it's referenced in the storyline with like the moving timeline that uh, like J. Jonah Jameson dies at one point later on in the story, and like, when yeah. Like Aunt May passes away, and again, yeah, there's just the very real feel to the lots of the story, which again is very impressive considering the wackiness that it gets yeah. up to at other points. Yeah, because like I think I think another slight point for the series itself was that I don't think we actually ever see Aunt May die because like because like we saw her, well, we saw like an actress who played her in the main comics kind of die. Which was which, which was a great moment in comics, but like we never actually see her pass in life story, which which would have been nice to see, but I think that would have taken up a bit kind of too much space. Maybe. So I think I think it did kind of level out in itself, actually. So yeah, it's not actually a negative. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a point out thing, pretty much. Actually, yeah. Yeah, and on that note, I think it's great. Again, there's something another thing that you mentioned and we're, we're talking about but how the and this sort of relates to the points that are similar points i made earlier but the, the series feels not uh, unbalanced has a negative connotation but mm. the the pacing where there's sort of lighter issues and heavier issues and in terms of stories that are like glossed over or like, like speed run in some senses where <laughs> yeah you have that 90s issue with issue five or issue four when it's like very quickly 
and like if you want to talk about whiplash in, in the series when it's like oh you're you're the clone and then oh I know I'm not the clone I'm, and, and and it's like a whole thing and like Zadarsky like fits like the whole thing and includes all yeah. those shenanigans into like such a small amount of pages and I, I just it just put such a smile on my face because I just think it's so funny and uh, and and also leading into our previous leading back to our previous point it, it it's all treated very seriously relatively speaking yeah. where it's not it's not like flippant or it's sort of treated that dramatically but then Mm. it it does feel that's somewhat ridiculous but again in such a delightful way and how yeah yeah and i I think it's cool how the threads carry through the the story for for better or worse and in ways that don't necessarily there's a it's i'm not sure if other people would agree but I do think it's a cohesive story, considering mm. the amount of time it takes over. I know some people think it's disjointed, but I think that's sort of part of the fun and how those like threads and ideas and emotions are carried throughout the years. Yeah. Whether whether it's it, sometimes it's sort of done well and sometimes it's not done as well with with things like Doc Ock returning and the like the whole like the thing with Craven like showing up again and then other times with as you talked about in the beginning with Norman mm. or, or earlier then it's sort of mixed results but I think it all just adds to the enjoyment of the story like it's not it, it's imperfect a bit like Peter's life and anyone's life really yeah yeah absolutely because like again yeah cause, like I think I think that like ninety percent of the villains were done well. But mm. um, yeah, obviously things could have been better. In, like obviously things could have been better in terms of like the characters or or certain moments. But I think that overall it is it is just it is just a, a good read and is kind of a good it's like a good analysis of a good analysis of um of um Spider Man. I I think it's a great analysis of him because that's because that's the way that I kind of more more kind of more kind of view this series is it's more just an analysis of of kind of spider-man's history his comics it it just feels like a nice a nice love letter as well like Mm. because like because there's so many moments put in like because you have superior spider-man crowned in craven's last hunt secret wars and stuff like that like some of them (laughs) do feel out of place yeah but it's like like it's still nice it is still key moments that happened in Spider-Man's history, which would most likely, which would most likely be included in 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 a story like this. So, like, yeah, the moments do do kind of poke out, and they are somewhat negative, but it's nice to have them there. Like, it's kind of like unnecessary evil, if you really mm. want to put it that way. Yeah, and also one thing I was going to add to. As soon as I stopped talking, but I thought it was fun. Some of those transitions between the issues, in some senses, which make it so sort of feel somewhat cohesive. Where issue five opens with Morden, but when he is like attacking Ben, because Ben's yeah. being like active, and then it just feels like a nice like callback in terms of like like in- including Ben from the start, because we sort of see him like go off on his own, and then and then see what happens yeah. to that and how it leads into the. 2000s issue of Morden and, and like mm-hmm. that, the questions that being asked that we've, that we've talked about already and yeah again yeah. like with, with Miles 
as we've sort of mentioned already, it, again, it's not perfect, but it, it just does add adds to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's yeah. Again, it's just it's just a very good reason as to why as to why this story is so good. At least for me, I just really like again. I I just really really enjoy this story because I would be interested to see what they would do with with kind of other characters because mm. we already because we already saw it with Fantastic Four and I don't know if that was overall very well received or not. So depending on how that one was actually received, we we could potentially get more. So it would be nice to see one of like of uh, for instance of Captain America because we actually see him in Vietnam and I think it would be interesting for to actually see him and see what he did there. Like I'm not really like I think that really, really interests me to kinda to kinda like always look at how other characters have different have different perspectives and different thoughts. Because again, like in issue one, Peter talks to Captain America about if he should actually go. And Cap provides a very good argument, but it's like I I really want to see what Captain America is actually is actually thinking there as well when he's actually talking to Peter. Yeah, it would be interesting to get a more extensive look at some of the behind some of the other characters involved in the stories, as you say, in, in terms of their mm. like personal thoughts and journeys throughout the sixty years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Fantastic Four life story was like twenty twenty one into twenty twenty early twenty twenty two. So yeah, not fairly recent. So uh, yeah, I do wonder if. We'll see another one eventually. Yeah, like so. it would be nice to see. It would be nice to see another one of just of just like a nice kind of more more grounded level character because because you started off with Spider Man who is very very grounded. You start off and then you move to Fantastic Four who who immediately is just kind of space and cosmic stuff. So I so I think it would be nice if if you found kind of a middle ground character mm. like somebody somebody who somebody who isn't who isn't too grounded and isn't too kind of like big big space stuff what about say like daredevil that could be interesting because you have like the start Ooh. of the other costume and how that evolves and through That's the true. meta meta era and then all through the, the various different runs that you've had since then that could, i just yeah. sort of came into my head that, that, yeah, that can actually work to be fair because yeah because like um because i recently finished um charles soul's run of daredevil so 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 you can actually have stuff of mere fisk potentially in there oh yeah because because um, like mere fisk's like you, you could have mere fisk the hand electra um frank miller's i think it was a five issue miniseries of daredevil's origin that one i would love for them to do that as a as a kind of like life story format because that i absolutely love that story so it would be really nice to see that as uh as a life story format for daredevil yeah that's a really good idea i actually really, really want to see that there <laughs> i know it's like a, i'm slightly disappointed that, that that's not a real thing yeah like come on marvel make it already like it won't be that I mean, bad like you could literally just put chip like like put him <laughs> yeah. put him back there and just say make another life story but make it about daredevil and i will probably buy it as as soon as it comes out because that'd be really nice because like he knows a lot of daredevil's history because like he because like 
you see that Chip like does like like he knows the character. Like I don't know if you've read his recent Batman failsafe arc because like it's so good because like yeah yeah that because was because so good. I love it. But um but I love that I love that he makes references to to very 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 good and very very important Batman stories back back from like from like the nineties and stuff like that like that that was always mm, so yeah, exactly that was always so fun to see and I would which it just goes to show he knows these characters like he knows their history so who better to do it than than Chip because like you could also have someone like Joshua Williamson do it because like he's he also knows like histories of characters and stuff like that because like it was like he did Dark Crisis which which is all about legacy and all that so he so he could probably pull off something like that but I think if you want someone to make a good character analysis story it will probably have to be Chip easily yeah there is something about the way he writes just in general yeah yeah it like like it doesn't matter what he writes. Like ninety nine percent, it like ninety nine percent, it's gonna be good. It's, it's gonna be very good. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems that way constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, like as well for like for, like the artists and stuff like that, because it would be nice to see Bagley draw draw Daredevil because it wouldn't be the first time he it wouldn't be the first time he actually drew Daredevil because he did it in the Ultimate Spider-Man run, when it was during the... Oof, I think it was the Defenders arc? The kind of five-issue part of the Defenders, I believe the arc name was called. Oh, no, it, no, it wasn't Defenders. It was the Marvel Knights. But Mark Bagley drew Daredevil there. So I think it would be nice to see him potentially take on other characters, like like other members of the Hand, Electro, Kingpin... Maybe even stick if you wanted to. Yeah, that would, that would be something to see, wouldn't it? Because yeah, it's all the all, all the. I, I mean, the amount of changes that he's Daredevil has gone through over the past like yeah sixty years since his creation. I mean, uh, th- there's certainly been enough there to as you say all the, all the different characters. Yeah, because you know, I mean, even from like the meta era in like the eighties alone, and everything before and after that. And, yeah, because oh, uh, I remember. I haven't read the comic for this, but I remember somebody showing me an image of this, and it was like, I think it was Daredevil in the 90s, and he had this kind of like really awful looking black, red, and silver kind of kind of kind of mechanical suit. Like I remember somebody showing me that, and I it would be funny to see them do that like again as a kind of nice little as a nice little kind of toss away thing, being like, oh, being like, oh, hey. Remember that time you had this suit, and and they just never ever bring it up again. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could definitely be fun. Yeah. Do you? Oh, uh, do we have anything else to mention about Spider-Man Life Story before we start? Oh, to uh, I think I've kind of mentioned all I can yeah. about this story. Just just talking, just repeatedly saying about her. I love this story very much. Just like, like the art is great. Mark Bagley, fantastic as usual, and Chip just just bringing in a great story again as usual. And honestly, I would love for them to do more. I would love for Marvel to do more more stuff like this 
and always have this kind of sense of real. It's like that's something Marvel should do in general with actual comics is they should have a sense of realism in it because mm. like like Spider-Man comics now it's not kind of fun per se but it's like it's like there's not much realism sense in this like like Spider-Man has this kind of this kind of glider thing now it's not exactly great but I think it would be nice if he kind of got back to got back to his regular status quo his thing with MJ resolved and just to just to just to kind of move from one story where where he worked in a corporation to a nice kind of a nice kind of lower down grounded level story because i think recently it's all been kind of big stuff i think it'd be nice if if marvel kind of tried to add or tried to add a sense of realism and just put it a bit lower like oh i don't remember the name of the writer but um who did the 90s run it was um, John Romita Jr. as the artist. Uh, I had the name and then I just and then just blanked. I don't know about the nineties, but I know in the two thousands when I mean, Morden came up in this yeah. story. But because J. Michael Straczynski, that was it. Did, that was it. Yeah. Um, um, J, uh, well, good JRGR in a Spider Man run in the early two thousands with Morden and everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was. So it was early two thousands, my bad. I thought it was nineties. But um but like from what I can remember, some of the stories there were actually quite groundies. Like for instance, I believe it was yeah. his run that had that had the conversation with Peter with Peter and Aunt May. Like that one was so good. Yeah, yeah because I read was... that sorry, yeah, because yeah. I read that last year when they reprinted the first omnibus and yeah, it is just sort of top tier stuff. Exactly. And most and... of it. Exactly. Yeah, but like, like that story was well, mostly grounded, because mm. I believe that was the same run that brought in Morgan, the Spider Tomes, and all of that. But mm. like, but taking that away, it was such a grounded story that actually dealt with like really good issues and stuff like that. Like, it it was it was so good, and I would love for Marvel to do that again, but also have this kind of mix. Like, take notes from Spider Man Life Story. And Jamie Eccles is asking woman Spider-Man run. Just take notes. <laughs> that is it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, not to get too off track when trying to wrap up, but mm. even in like Dark yeah. Ages, when he when he has the uh, a daughter and he's allowed to be a, like a father, and there is definitely something about Elseworld stories. I mean, renew your vows in the 2010s when, when people yeah. are allowed to be with MJ and like grow up and have that I have... family that so many fans want him to see as opposed to the current uh, editorial memory regime is too strong a word but yeah you, you know that sort of thing with that dictates a lot of the main uh, comic amazing spider-man like flagship book because mm-hmm. chip has been on record before saying that he wouldn't want to do the amazing spider-man run because just the, too intense and uh, all the fans and the tutorial or and, and that's fair uh, enough. Yeah, because I mean, he did do a Peter Parker a spectacular Spider-Man run, which is yeah, also good fun. I but... have been, I I have been meaning to read that. Like, like I think because because I'm gonna be reading Gwen because I'm gonna be reading um Gwenpool now. Right. And, nice. Yeah. And after that, and after that is going to be the Peter Parker one. Like that, like that one, mm-hmm. I've heard very very good things about because like. I've I've heard 
I've heard a lot of people mention. Um, I think it's called The Talk, the one with him and J. Jonah Jameson. I've heard so many yes. good things about it. Oh. So so I'm so I'm really holding that to a very, very, very high regard. So so I'm very much looking forward to reading that. So but yeah, yeah, I do get your point because it's like it's like Chip was right in like he was right in not wanting to do the main Spider-Man because again, editorial, the fans. Because like, because like, there's always going to be something to to well, not not kind of like critique, but like always kind of point out about someone's run. So mm. I think it's fair enough that 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 he doesn't want to do it there. But I mean, I mean, he is doing Batman now, so that so yeah, that's fun. <laughs> and also before we wrap up like i promise this mm-hmm. time people but before we wrap up yeah you, when you mentioned the peter and jonah uh, issue of the talk of spectacular I, I know there was something that i was meaning to mention but sort of slipped my mind for a bit but before we wrap up did you have you had a chance to read the annual for life story yet because that's a very interesting yes oh i love jonah that through, one. The, through the decades like all so in one issue good. such a great issue because like it's good because you see his struggle because like you see about like why he hates Spider-Man like yeah like yeah it's for a really stupid reason but on the other hand it's not like 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 this man lost so much and and he and he tries to put so much blame on Spider-Man and it's really sad and the ending is so sweet like when Peter talks to I believe her name was like Haley or, or or something like that but mm-hmm. that was like that was so good because because jonah made the book finally and and it gave peter the courage to go back to it like i think that was a very much needed annual story for me i i love it so much yeah chip right such a fantastic jonah that uh, i've yeah. realized between like putting two and two together and realizing it's like oh these like these are both like great journal issues and both by chip the the spectacular oh. talk one also but uh, yeah it's such such a compelling and uh like fascinating like rich take on the character yeah yeah and we were hyped for reading and we were hyped for reading the other one now i'm really 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 look, looking forward to it now because oh i hear way too many good i hear way too many good things about it that i'm just i'm looking forward to it Mm, it's interesting because it's it starts off more comedic but then i feel like once it 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 gets into it it really finds it's putting in that balance between the dramatic and the comedic because i know chip has written a lot of like comedic stuff but and Hmm. and also some serious as well so it's sort of fun to see him start finding that balance in the in the spider-man title like spectacular wait so was his um spectacular run before or after life story, actually. Just, um, before. Just out of curiosity. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Hmm. All right. It's like, right, 20, it's yeah. like 2017, 2018, I think. Wow. Okay. Life story was like 2019, so. Yeah. All right. Okay. Less news for me. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah. I knew, I knew something that I, I was forgetting earlier. It was probably the annual, so. Mm. I don't know if I've got anything else to I want to mention unless you want to. Uh, I've I've mentioned a lot already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll be fine now. Yeah, well just thank you for 
joining me. It's it's been a great um, time. I'm excited to yeah. get this out eventually and have you back eventually. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, thanks for letting me take part as well. Like, like it's been great talking to you about this. It's been fantastic. So thank you. It's been amazing, spectacular. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course. Of course. Oh dear. Well, yeah. Just yeah. Thank you again for joining me and just have a nice rest of your evening. Yeah. Yep. You too. Okay. Thank you. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for on this episode. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review the show five stars wherever you're listening. I would really appreciate it. If you want to keep up to date on new episodes, please subscribe. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email the show at joetalkscomics.gmail.com. Additionally, if you need any back issues, ratio variants, core variants, or just anything in general cool stuff to do with comics, you can check out the website for Beaders Thingamajiggets, the comic book store in Fort Collins, Colorado, and most of these comics worked at. And use Joe Loves Comics at checkout to get 15% off. I don't get any money for that. It's just a cool thing for you to use if you want to, yeah, check out their site and if you see anything that you like. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Joe Talks Comics. And finally, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Loves Comics, where we can continue talking comics. That's all for now, and I hope to see you next time. Bye.